1: Oh my goodness, hello! Hi! Hey, it's us, again. It is. We're here to tell you some things before the proper beginning of the episode begins. Wow. First of all, holy smokes. we got some new merch that we are very excited about. We have a Magical Kitten Bored Meow shirt. Yeah, you heard that right. Bored Meow. Yeah, right? That Diana Kresge illustrated for us. It is a thing of beauty. We also have a new version of the Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy shirt. Many of you have requested uh, merch that would suit your goth (laughs) lifestyle. Merch that Kate Leth could have worn in high school. And we're only, or now, too happy to oblige. We've got a brand new Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy designed by Devin Power, and it is sick. Both new shirts are so awesome. Oh, it has like two hammers crossed with a stake down the middle. Yeah. It's just
2: really special.
1: Yes. Both of those things, as well as Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy baby onesies. Yeah, you can't start them too young, Jenny. And the Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy original design tank tops back by popular demand. They're all up in our brand new shiny store, which you can still find by going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and clicking on shop. Yes, you can. You can. Now, I
2: want to talk about something for a second over here. We, you know, we have a Patreon. We talk about it here and there because it's the way that we support the podcast. It's the way that we support our work. It keeps us going. And it also brings really fun things to you all in the land of Patreon, right? Something, though, remarkable has happened, something that we didn't plan. We couldn't have planned it, right? We could not have conceived of it on our own. We got an email from one of our patrons that said, hey, hey, guys, just I wanted to give you a heads up to let you know that in the secret Facebook group, if you're a patron at any level, the dollar, the $5, the $10 level, you're welcome in the secret Facebook group. And it is thriving. There's like a thousand members. And I mean, it's just a wonderland. So this person said, I wanted to make sure that you knew that we're doing a holiday gift exchange. I can't. I can't. We set it up. They So they they did this. They. You. You did this <laughs> of your own volition. Set up a holiday gift exchange. So there's a big list. There were 70-something people on it the last time I checked. We were invited to join, and we have both joined individually. Yes. So everyone gets matched up with somebody else, and then you exchange holiday gifts. <laughs> Because we're all huge nerds and we love each other and we love the sense of community and it's the holiday season and it's just so special I could cry. If you would like to be a part of the holiday gift exchange, I believe it's open until November 26th. That's the day that the list sort of closes. Just become a patron. um, If you're not already, you'll get into the secret Facebook group. And one of the events is the holiday gift exchange. So as long as you get there before the 26th of November, you'll be entered in. Everybody is going to be matched. Two of you will be matched with, one of you will be matched with me and one of you will be matched with Jenny. Oh my goodness. We'll give each other gifts. The pressure. It's so great. I believe it's like, a you know, the spending limit is like $25. So it's not you know, it's not a super high thing and and we'll all be sort of at the same level of giving plenty of new t-shirts that you could, uh, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm just so moved by it. And so I wanted to let you all know about that and a couple of other really fun things happening in the world of Patreon. Yes. First of all, next week we're off, right? We're doing this three weeks on one week off thing so that we're energized and we can write you good music and talk about things and be Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. ready to go. Mm -hmm. But next week, we will be releasing a mailbag episode, and all of our $10 patrons get the the mailbag episode. So we wanted to let you know, if you're a patron at that level, you will not have an off week. You will have an on week. You'll get a mailbag where we talk about so many theories about why Angel might set a fire uh, Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. his uh, establishment. We will talk about Newton's second law of motion and how that (laughs) mathematically informs whether or not... Buffy could have severed Gwendolyn Post's arm with that piece of glass in Revelations. Mm. We will talk Mm -hmm. about the recent elections. We talk about a ton of stuff. It's a really fun episode, um, and we're excited to share it with all of you uh, who are supporting us at that level, so thank you. And for all of our patrons at any giving level, we get Buffy watches. And on December 9th, drum roll, please, we will be watching... Bad girls together. Shh. Yeah, you heard me. Bad girls. <laughs> Jenny and I will be sitting down, giggling our faces off. I'm very excited. At that at that Buffy watch. So um, you can check out all the details again over on the secret Facebook page. The event is up there. December 9th, bad girls, you all and us. To check out our Patreon page, just go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and click on Patreon. Oh. One more quick thing. Yes, we have a little bit of extra adult language in this episode. Sorry, we uh, we get into a conversation about the bases and um, what they mean. So we know some of you listen to this with your children, and perhaps you are comfortable with these things being discussed amongst it's your children. Very
1: progressive of you.
2: Sure, but we just wanted to give you a heads up. We say some stuff. Maybe you're cool with it. Maybe you don't want your kids. I don't Maybe know. Maybe I don't just know listen you. first without Maybe your you should kids. Listen then, first.
1: Okay. Cool. Great. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, in chronological order. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo,
2: and this week we are talking about Season 3, Episode 9, The Wish, also known as the one with Anya. True. I, I left a pause for you so you could put in a um, crowd cheer. Yes. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us, recapping
1: the Buffy episode we are discussing. The Wish was written and directed by Dream Team, Marty Knoxon, and David Greenwald, respectively, yeah. and originally aired on December 8th, 1998. Woo! Ingrid Michaelson's birthday. Also one of my friends who isn't famous in his birthday. <laughs> This is the
2: one where Cordelia's wish for a Buffy-free Sunnydale comes true, plunging her into a world where vampires have control of the town. Ooh, plunging. Yeah, they IMDB has had a like a long string of good weeks. They hired a new They hired for yeah, they, season 3
1: <laughs> <laughs> recaps.
2: They upped the Annie for season 3 descriptions.
1: Speaking of upping the Annie. Uh-huh. If I may. You may. Uh we see a brand new kind of demon at the beginning of this episode. And I'm calling it uh, Spawn of Cthulhu. Sure, 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 of Cthulhu. Sure. I'm calling it Zoidberg. Also, <laughs> totally
2: valid. <laughs> Either way. I actually, in my notes, I called it Octopus Head. And then I was like, wait a second. I know I've another Octopus
1: Head. Oh, what a. No offense if you are an octopus-like humanoid or if you have a lot of mouth tentacles, but like, (laughs) it's really for a human who has grown up around other humans who have sideways mouths. we've been socially conditioned. And no mouth tentacles. Right, of course. The mouth tentacles covering, almost covering a vertical... Spiny toothed mouth. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Very upsetting. It's pretty rough.
2: And it's pretty like pretty accurate with what what is going on underneath the ocean, in my opinion. Ugh. I mean, maybe not this like, who exact exact what's down demon, there. but right. Jenny, I'm not exactly sure how you feel about oceans, but I am terrified of them because of exactly these kind of Zoidbergs.
1: Um, I have a healthy yet fearful respect. Uh-huh. For the oceans, a long time ago, I wanted to be an ocean person. Uh, Wait, sorry. That sounds like I wanted to be like a mermaid or something. (laughs) I wanted to be like a marine biologist or something. I was very into like sharks growing up. Mm -hmm. And we had some saltwater tanks for reasons no one can explain. We had like eels and seahorses and whatnot growing up. I was like very into Salt water, but also, I mean, it's a very healing substance. Yes, so healing, full of uh, magnificent creatures. Yes, whales, magic,
2: magic. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just giving the facts about the ocean. Right, right, right. Salt water, healing properties, magic, and whales, and the unknown abyss of terror.
1: Right, right. It is deeply alarming when you think about the possibility that the ocean might contain right? a creature that you don't know so large that we can't even fathom you know what also i sometimes think about what if the earth is an egg and that molten core uh-huh. that we, the scientists love to go on and on about right. is actually the bottom of the ocean an embryo <laughs> go on uh and that's the yolk of the earth okay and and soon uh-huh. as global warming continues yes, yes. to increase. Of course, that's not a real thing, but yes. The right, that's made up. The earth will hatch. We will all be cast off like so much useless debris, headed like the for the, the galactic dustbin. Uh-huh. Uh, and whatever has been growing and forming for millennia inside the egg of the earth. This will is never hatch.
2: gonna connect back to the ocean, is it?
1: No, I'm just talking about like fear, <laughs> or the waiting. unknown, I'm like, I'm mysteries waiting, of I'm the waiting. earth, even deeper than the ocean. <laughs> I I, it's just like another when I think when I th- my uh, ponderings, my childhood ponderings upon the depth and unknowability of the yeah, ocean go further. Naturally, then. led uh-huh. to that. I see uh, deeper. Here.
2: Wow. Wow. Well, I'm, I hope that everyone is happy that they've chosen to listen to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we terrify <laughs> you about the possibilities that lie within the Earth's core. Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> so we, we see here a rare moment of uh, practicality or the acknowledging of sort of yes. practical reality, mm-hmm. which is that uh, not all demons go poof when you kill them. Right. Not all demons go, which I think we
2: talked about early in the season that like I remember you talking about the fact that the decision for uh, vampires to dust was uh, a practical one. Right. What would we have done with all of those? Like what would they have just practically done filming wise with all of those dead bodies, you know? Right. And then
1: what would they do, uh, you know, in terms of being high school students? Right. Would they have to just would there be like a burying? I mean, we see in this episode there's an incinerator. Right. Right.
2: But yeah, and and I think, you know, watching this, I thought this was like a fun moment for us learning about their relationship and they're coming together as these the trio of Scoobies right now. They're just like, you know, Buffy's been through a broken heart and Xander and Willow are now suffering broken hearts and they're bonding over it and she Buffy says, "If you guys hadn't been here to help me, I would I might have right. died." I mean, I didn't I don't really buy it because the whole opening scene with her, she's literally like as she's quote, dying, she's, like, rolling her eyes and making jokes still. So you feel like she would have been okay, but but I think the purpose of this is to underline what we, the Buffy we actually see in this episode once we get past the wish, which is a Buffy that acts alone with no help whatsoever. Mm. Like, it's really in stark contrast. Right, right,
1: right, 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 right. Also, everyone's broken at the same time. Everyone's broken. And it's that Misery does like company. So
2: it's a good moment for the Scoobies sharing yeah. sharing the You the know who sadness. doesn't have
1: anybody to share their pain with? Yeah. Cordelia. Yeah. She's just sharing her pain with open flames. I love
2: this scene, though. Like,
1: I mean- Who doesn't love spitefully burning pictures of someone who hath scorned you?
2: Cordelia, like, okay. I don't want for Cordelia's heart to be broken. I don't want for Cordelia to have fallen down a stairway hole and to have been impaled. But I also don't want Cordelia to date Xander. So there's a bit of a win in this episode for me. Uh (laughs) Because? Because I feel like... Uh, Cordelia is channeling her pain and finding some of her anger that is going to keep her away from men who are stupid. Ah, Men, as she says later on, uh, she she wishes for a world with uh, no men except for
1: maybe the... I believe she says the beautiful and the very intelligent. What? No. The beautiful and the very intelligent. Here's what I wrote down. (laughs) Jenny, we know what men...
2: Jenny wants to keep her out. Cordelia wants to keep around no men except for the dumb and feeble.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what she said? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I think you had the You want to go spell? back and check the tape? I, no, let's just no, let No, let's it go ride. back and check the tape.
3: In fact, I wish all men, except maybe the dumb and the really feeble kind, disappear at the basement.
2: Okay, so we we played the sound clip. It's, <laughs> it's clear. One thing is clear is that Cordelia does not say beautiful and, <laughs> and intelligent. But that is that is what Jenny heard. So maybe this was a little magical scene where you hear what you want to hear. hear, what you want. But we but it is it's not unclear. She does say dumb and maybe feeble, maybe beautiful, maybe what was the word that you thought it might be? Uh, agreeable, agreeable. Dumb and agreeable would make sense. Is there a way So yeah. we don't know what this line is. Maybe somebody has the script and can let us know. Please. What that last line was supposed to be. But regardless, <laughs> point being, uh, I like to live in a world where Cordelia is just not happy with men, you know? I
1: like to live in a world where cue the blues riff, clue the metal guitar Hell solo, yes. cue the convertible flaming into its parking spot, the door opening, the high heel dropping to the floor. This is like the best entrance in the series. <laughs> it's is, so great. Like it's Spike so great.
2: drives through the fucking sign. It's great. He's got a cigarette, whatever. Yeah. yeah Spike yeah. Did, but like Buffy has some good moments. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. when but when we get this scene where we hear Willow say Amy said she looked pretty scary and then <laughs> let's just like, play a little bit of the guitar solo. Yeah. So- it's just so good. It's so good. And don't you worry, Kate leth is going to join us this episode. She's got a lot to say, but we're going to, everybody just hold yeah, tight. Just hold we're going to get, we'll, we'll get there. Not quite yet, but holy shit, Cordelia.
1: This, whew, also real. Harmony is the worst.
2: Harmony is the worst. Mercedes McNabb, the actress who plays Harmony, does a fucking amazing job in this scene. I mean, she does an amazing job, hard stop. But I just feel like we see that Harmony is the worst and also that Harmony is so just riddled with insecurity all at one time. Like, you know, you can you can play a mean girl. Or you can play a mean girl. And I just, Mercedes McNabb, shout out to you. We should we should try to get Mercedes McNabb on the show. Come talk to us. Right. Mercedes. Let's I'll work on it. I'll Please. work on it, everybody. But in the meantime, let's uh let's discuss. Cordelia, well, who's that new Cordette? Who I don't know, Jenny. Who is that? Well, her name is Anya. I wonder. If we'll ever see her again. I wonder if we will. I mean, if we don't, I still understand why she is your favorite. Totally. You've seen the full
1: 360 degrees.
2: (laughs) She's great. She knows Prada from Payless. And she's not siding with the Cordettes. Nice. She's siding with our Cordelia. Hell Yeah.
1: She is. She's probably got the Cordelia appreciation jingle as her ringtone.
2: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It actually plays out of her little like, uh, what do you call that? Her
1: amulet? Her amulet. <laughs> yeah. It just plays out of her amulet at the right, oh, at all man, the right moment. Oh man. Imagine if we had amulet, if we if we sold amulets that, that played, just played Cordelia's jingle. It would
2: be wow. pretty rude to Anya, I think. Anya will eventually, I'm sure, have a jingle. And I feel like if we, am- if we have an amulet, it should probably play Anya's jingle. Anyway, we're, we're <laughs> just too far ahead of ourselves here. Let's let's go to Jonathan for a moment, because there's this moment, right? Oh, yeah. Cordelia meets Anya. Anya's like, yo, I've got your number, girl. They have a moment. Maybe they're in the <laughs> running for the sexual tension award. There's wow. a lot. There's a lot of people in the running for it this mm. episode. We'll get there. Uh, but then Harmony pulls this bullshit on Cordelia. She's like, hey, uh, now that you're like single and ready to fucking mingle, I got just the guy for you. Wow. And it's Jonathan. And it's his- Jonathan
1: drinking a huge glug, drinking a huge glug, oblivious to the entire world. You know, while I was watching this scene uh, and feeling my little heartstrings being pulled on mm-hmm. behalf of uh, Jonathan and Cordelia, yes, I thought to myself, why does that one Cordette look so familiar? So I looked her up. Okay. And. You may remember her from a film entitled Bring It On. Oh, wow. In which she played Whitney, or as you might remember her more readily, Whoa, 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 Whitney. Wow. Um, Holy crap. Which is crap. how they announce her in a whoa.
2: cheer. It's <laughs> good, Denny. We always um, like when you give you. us cheers.
1: So I'm just saying this is at least the second Bring it Cast on, member. alum. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's 2001, isn't it? Bring, uh, it, bring on. it on. I believe so that's correct. maybe bring it on just did all their cap pulled all they their casting like, from Buffy. Were you in Buffy? You're in. <laughs> or were you Kristen's
2: cousin? You're in. Wait, what? My cousin is in Bring It On. She's Which cousin? Uh, Jennifer? Jennifer Peterson? I'm sorry. She's... What she's oh two thousand sorry what she's where? an extra she's an extra there's a scene in Bring It On where they're sitting in the like they're all sitting in a classroom and Jennifer my cousin everyone is in the classroom she's sitting like two seats behind whoever the guy is in that scene what yeah and she's prominently featured because she's right behind him and so the, you know she's in a lot of the shots how
1: have we been together for eight years and you have
2: I don't failed know. to disclose this I don't know vital you information you won't see her name in the credits she was just an extra also her name wasn't... Isn't even jennifer peterson then so whatever if you're in buffy or if you're (laughs) kristen's cousin you got in the movie bring it on moving right along (laughs) (laughs) so this scene right this cordelia is has a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows in very short spans of time in this episode you know she's been impaled she's fucking cordelia i you know what jenny i can't make it any any further we have to fucking play we might play it more than once but just give it to just give it to us
0: Cordelia, I love you, Cordelia. You're perfect,
2: Cordelia. I just like I might I might do this. I might give it to her again for specific reasons. But just wow. I wanted to give it to Cordelia her jingle. I wanted to give Cordelia you for clarifying. jingle to her because she is such a fucking badass. This girl just fell on a pole that went through her fucking body. She got literally so heartbroken by the boy she loved. I don't know why Uh she loved it, but she did. Uh uh She's uh heartbroken. She's impaled. She fucking was home for one goddamn week. She put on (laughs) her fucking best outfit we may have ever seen, Uh rolled up to school like, fuck y'all, got out of her fucking car, got bullied by these assholes, and is still (laughs) walking through the fucking halls she shows up at the fucking bronze yeah. she gets pushed into the garbage she breaks her stitches she's back at school the fucking uh, next day she
1: fucking rules she rules i know i know i love her i know thank god we have a jingle that sums it up Whew. okay okay so to- quick break from cordelia yes Go to Oz because oz and willow right we see this display of unprecedented emotional maturity yes. in which Oz is not only able to articulate what he wants, but then also and needs. Yeah. And then also when he like feels uh, what Willow's like putting back to him is able to identify that and its origins and immediately say, Hey, I feel like I've told you what I need and you're saying this stuff anyway. And, all I can glean from that is that you're like not respecting what I want, and you just want to make yourself feel better. So yeah. please respect my wishes and go away.
2: If ever there was a character who would have this emotional maturity, it would be Oz. How
1: did he get like this? Are he... no I think Willow's think... parents are therapists? Well, Willow's and parents it has are like the mangled worst. her. I mean, right? Whatever, we don't know. I was Willow's gonna say parents, like, but... oh, are are Oz's parents therapists, and have they like helped? It forge seems like him into a emotionally mature. Young I adult.
2: would I would guess that Oz has good parents. I would guess, from his emotional maturity and his ability to know himself. You know, I mean, we talked about that even back in, like, Beauty and the Beasts, that Oz is a character who knows his weaknesses, who elects to control them, who elects to lean on his friends when he needs them, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. is able to, in this moment, because this is not how a breakup would go if you were Kristen Russo and you were 36. It wouldn't even go this way. Noted. You know what I mean? Like, watch out, Jenny. But it's, uh, like... Uh, my emotions get the best of me more often than not. Oz uh-huh. has you're, – You're surprised? You don't –
1: yeah. No, I he was, was just agreeing know. with you as your co-host. Like, you know yourself best. You right, must be right. Right, 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 I've uh, never seen anything – I like, I've never seen your emotions get the best of you, for example. Yes. But um, I'm sure it happens. <laughs> but Oz is not this.
2: And, and to, to Willow's credit, neither is Willow. I mean, Willow is definitely – Oz is correct in his assessment that she's trying to
1: feel better, but she also doesn't push it too far. Yeah, she can like take in what he says and and acknowledge that it's sort of like on the money right she's able to give she's able to give
2: him space so that's great um my next note i have to remember what is in reference to lol oh i wrote lol john lee because yeah it, well, well, now let's move to people who have a little
1: less emotional maturity yeah that guy sucks <laughs> well john lee but i'm talking about oh cordelia the, the- being like oh let me pretend what who would that ever work on is do they i have, have something perception? in my teeth and can see how far apart their heads are. Can't right. He? Well, Cordelia, I mean, I think the real question
2: here, Jenny, is not about Xander's depth perception. It's about how Cordelia asks John Lee to see if she has something in her teeth and, and then, then w- tilts
1: her, her, head her head
2: back and forth. And John Lee also tilts. I think it's really about John Lee and Cordelia here more than.
1: Also, is he like John middle name Lee or is she just calling him by his full name mm, I don't know I mean I had people in high school who I would like call I by like, their full
2: name sure yeah sure, sure, yeah sure. so he might just be one of those people anyhow John Lee breaks the news to Cordelia oh you know what this needs Jenny you know what this fucking guy does sorry man Um, uh, I'd really like to make out with you but we're gonna have to do that in private because I wanna keep my reputation cause I'm a fucking dude and I'm the worst Patreon! You're right, Jenny. It was it was the patriarchy at work. <laughs> the patriarchy was at work here in this scene. I know it's a shock to all of us.
1: Well, it's just that women are things and accessories and tools yes. for social status. Yeah. Yeah, social
2: status tools to yes, and in, to increase one's power. Yeah. Uh, yes, of course. Of course, of course, of course. What's beautiful about this patriarchal moment is that the next moment I have noticed, and that happens here in this scene in the school is between Anya and Cordelia. Where Anya says, can I just say men? And Cordelia says, <laughs> seconded.
1: And I think it's great. Thank you for listening. I think it's great too, um, though it does prevent them from passing the Bechdel test. <laughs> <laughs> In this scene. It does it does it count? Okay. Oh, right, right, right. right. If you're just disgusted, if you're, if you're disgusted, with, disgusted with the construct with men. of men.
2: Right. I don't know. It's like if you're if it's two women speaking about a man, you don't pass the Bechdel test. If it's two women smashing the patriarchy by being like, we don't fucking need men. Uh, Ah, yes. It's a good question. Mm. I pose it to you, listeners. Mm, Does does that moment uh, count, or does it not in the Bechdel test system? Do let us know. Yes, please. Uh, One other thing Anya mentions in this scene that I took note of was she says something like, "I was so I, I knew immediately, or like I was so glad to find somebody else who obviously read
1: W," which I thought. Was like a political magazine. No. Having to do with like George Washington. George W. Bush. No, George <laughs> Washington. Just. I don't know why that's how it's filed in my brain. <laughs> It is not. It is a
2: magazine that still is being printed today. But I I did a dig just to see what was happening on W Magazine in the 90s. And it is a joy. It is a joy. I will will do my best to put up a post on uh, some of our social media platforms. Some 1998 covers of W Magazine. I'm looking right now at one with Liv Tyler. Uh, wow. There's another one with Gwyneth Paltrow, 1998. Like, who even remembered that Gwyneth Paltrow was on the covers of magazines in 1998? Yeah, that's wild. Sometimes I forget that everyone that I is in my orbit now was still in an orbit, right? Back right, 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 In the right. 90s, you know, we were all got Kate. What's her name? Kate Winslet. No, Moss. Beckinsale. Kate Moss. Moss. <laughs> I should have let you keep let. going. Kate Latham was on the cover of W Magazine 1998. She was <laughs> seven. Yeah. I, I don't know how old Kate was in
1: 1998, actually. So well, anyhow. We go to the bronze, right? We do. Because Cordelia's keeping up appearances. And you know who else is trying to keep up appearances is uh, Xander. <sighs> not, yeah. Not, in the not game, nailing it.
2: Not nailing it. Cordelia is Fucking nailing it! Yeah,
1: she might actually
2: be having a good time. We we go to uh, Xander. We go to the Scooby sitting on the couch. You know, back in there, like pity. Pity party moment where there's a really great discussion. I think yeah, yeah, that they yeah. have about uh, guilta palooza as they call yes. it. Uh, shout out to Lollapalooza from the '90s. Jenny, did you? And ever... also now
1: Lollapaloozas. Yeah, ongoing. but like, let's be real about Lollapalooza. Wow. No, I mean, like, it was invented in the '90s. What, it was. A... What's What's the thing where you take off your glove and you th- slap somebody across the face with it? <laughs> And then that means you have to duel or something? I'm just saying Lollapalooza Galtlet in the 90s throne. was better
2: than Lollapalooza any other time. Wow.
1: Don't you think? Is it just I because mean, I was a
2: child of the 90s? No, no, no.
1: I, I pledged my, all my loyalty to anything, any 90s version of anything. Wasn't
2: Lollapalooza invented by um, uh blues traveler? I think you're thinking of the Horde Festival. The Horde Tour. H-O-R-D-E. Right. Yeah. H-O-R-D-E. Okay, so Lollapalooza just created itself.
1: Yes, it's, it's it's spawned itself. Molecularly speaking, <laughs> there was a stamen. Yeah, and a I'm trying to think of other flower anatomy. I, a bee pollinated. Yeah, a bee pollinated a palooza. <laughs>
4: And out came Lollapalooza. But La- it's weird that it wasn't a be just, a Palooza. For people
1: who
2: weren't around in the 90s, I just want to be very clear that this was a joke that lasted for many years. I certainly attached Palooza to many a thing. I think
1: yeah, ongoing. I mean, no, yeah. I'm saying like, it it it's uh it really has stood the test of time. Okay, 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 but it was better in the 90s. Okay, <laughs>
2: we get the theme. Anyhow, they're having this conversation about Guiltapalooza versus Xander's speech about living in the now. Now, I do, and Buffy's like, you know, Xander, you're making sense. We're young. We have a lot of life to live. Yeah. And and I I think that I just think it's a good conversation. I I think Xander is a piss baby and I think that he fucked up a lot of shit and I don't really appreciate it. So I don't want to I don't want him to get to live in the now. But I do think it's a general (laughs) great point. General great. A general mode of operating, a general mode of moving through things that hurt, things that are painful. It's wonderful if we can grab onto the now and live there instead of what Willow is really excelling at, which is just rolling around in a pile right. of guilt.
1: Just so swallowing. Yeah. So that, that, they do that, and it lasts for approximately one second. Yeah, Buffy goes to get chocolate. Also yeah. a great tool for heartache of any kind. Yes, a
2: salve, a <laughs> wounded soul. And then we see Cordelia hold her injury site Ah uh,
1: yes, injury sight. And
2: uh, what?
1: What you? And she walks out into a dark alley. She does. Uh, she- and <laughs> Buffy follows her, of course, and attempts to have a heart-to-heart with her. But Cordelia is not biting.
2: No, Cordelia is not biting. But someone else is. A vamp <laughs> probably attracted by the scent of like Cordelia's open wound, you know. Oh God! Right, like she's just like walking into an alley, pr- like I guess wearing she ha- a dress the color of blood. Right, and recently injured, smelling her open wound. Jesus, sorry. And then she ends up in the trash heap. Right, she does, and she makes a very good connection which is you know buffy i've been thinking what is the one thing yeah. that like continues to put me in these horrible situations it's you yeah yeah, yeah. So she just... asked
1: that age-old question you know that we have all asked ourselves at one point or another or multiple times why me why do i get impaled yes and the answer is Buffy Summers, the answer I is, guess. Well, the answer she thinks yeah. is but She doesn't understand
2: that without Buffy Summers, which we will very swiftly learn, she would not just be impaled. She would be wearing colorless clothing. Right. She would be uh, having to go home early. Yeah, adhering she, to
1: a curfew. No she student would be, driving. And she would be in an incinerator. Let's just cut oh, to the chase. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, so, right. So, Anya sort of finally achieves her mission, which is to pull a wish out of Cordelia, and it's not what she was expecting. No, let's just, get it. just just let's pause for a second for
2: Anya because Anya saying "Don't you wish?" several times is one of my favorite things that happens. Don't Don't you wish? And she just pauses. Don't Don't you wish? It's just it's funny to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any demon who like struggles in a very human way. Is, ah, it, is yes. a thing that
1: I love? Like that yeah, she's yeah. just like fucking itching for it. Come yeah. on, man. She thought this was going to be easier. She's putting down those breadcrumbs, but the goose is not hungry today.
2: Right. And so now, sorry, Jenny, continue. Cordelia makes her wish.
1: Yes, Cordelia makes her wish. And even though Anya is peppering the conversation with things like Xander, he's an utter loser. Cordelia's <laughs> wish is still, I wish Buffy Summers never came to Sunnydale, fade to white after Vain-faced Anya
3: is like, done. (laughs) Done. So good. Great. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back.
2: Great, right. great. Fantastic. And then, and then, you know, uh, Cordelia realizes immediately what has happened. And testament to Cordelia's badassery, she is fully present in the fact that she has switched realities. Yeah, and she's, she's fine. like down. She is fine. She's like, great. Uh, that's scary,
1: veiny, good fairy. <laughs> so like, she runs into the cordettes straight away. And then Cordelia has this cackle Oh my god, it's so good! She's like, (laughs) it's really. If you missed it, I don't think you would have. But you gotta gotta go back. Go back. It's right after the wish is granted. She's so thrilled with herself, just
2: so pleased, as pleased as punch.
1: Yeah, 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 and feeling very
2: powerful. So in the new reality, there's a lot. There's a lot that's troubling. One, I want (laughs) to list of troubling things. Up at the top is Ted Ginger going
1: for third in front of everyone. Okay, so Ted. Sherwin, I think, going for third with Ginger. Oh, sorry. In front of everyone. Sorry. So, uh, in Kristen's version of events, yes. Ted and Ginger have morphed into no, sort of no. like a uh, two-person. Two-headed. Yeah, kind of. Two-headed PDA monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the is... fact that everything else is so uh, repressed and like dialed down, but then there's like just teenagers I'm going to say it, finger banging. Wow. You did. You went there. In front of other people? I mean, I think that's a thing. They went there. I'm just
2: naming it. That's a thing that certainly would happen in high school, though. Like, it is. At school? You don't have many places to finger bang in high school. I know, but at least, like, I'm upset by it. I have never uh, done this in a public place, but I have seen, I have been witness to actions like this. Maybe it was after high school, but still. In a well lit, in a well classroom? classroom. No, that's inappropriate. Or lunchroom. But listen here. Let's do. Let's do, let's just do a little bit of hell math here. All right. Hell math. When you're a teenager in high school, you have limited time in which to uh, finger bang. I'm sorry for people. <laughs> Who are listening to this with their children? It, I'm, I apologize, uh, but it's it, not our fault. It's Ted it's not, it's and not, Ginger. I don't blame me. But so you have a limited time to do things of a sexual nature. Okay, <laughs> so we don't have to keep saying fingerbang. But you, you can, you know, in that maybe in the extracurricular, maybe you go to the mall. Maybe you, maybe you even get to borrow your mom's car, and that's a great place, right? But what do they mean but by no? In I'm not in front I'm of doing everyone. hell math here. So you've got some, maybe you have four working hours in the day when you might be able
1: to do this thing. Engage in sexual activity. Now,
2: in the new reality, you have to be home right after school. So I ask you, Jenny, when is Ted supposed to try to finger bang Ginger, if not in the high school, during the day? I
1: was upset at first, but now that I've done the hell math, it's kind of reasonable. Okay, but so maybe they're like, Maybe they were, like, at recess, sitting under a tree. Yeah, you know, high school recess.
2: We had recess? Well, I feel like it's, like, free period, you know? Like, did okay. you call it
1: recess in high school? Well, I guess we called it lunch, and then you could sort of, like, go outside right, after right. you ate or whatever. Regardless, maybe they were, like, under uh, the old oak tree. Yes, the old oak tree, yeah. Uh, just far far enough away from everyone as to sort of feel alone but also still very much in everyone's like mm-hmm. peripheral vision. Sure. Whatever the circumstances, this upsetting. is my least favorite thing about this reality. <laughs> I, agree.
2: I agree. I'm there with you.
1: I don't like it. Thank you for staying with us listener if you're here, if we've lost you, I'm so sorry. Goodbye. Also, I want to say one thing that you may choose to edit out at a later point, <laughs> which is to acknowledge that it's entirely possible that third base now in 2017 is no longer finger-banging. No. Uh, the what bases if it are always the same. But, Jenny, just in case, If bases. they had changed, Kristen, if the, if the if the bases had changed, we would be the last to know about it. I understand, but you can't Where's change Where's Gabby the bases? Dunn when you really
2: oh, need her? Gabby Dunn. I'll text her right now. <laughs> we'll <laughs> know by the end of the episode.
1: Great.
0: She loves
2: Beautiful. Okay, Gabby has been texted. Hopefully, I'll, I'll turn my sound on just in case she texts back <laughs> while we're taping. <clears throat> she probably will. She's very good. She's a very good. Phone a friend, especially for matters of base and uh, base and sexual deed. Wow, and, uh, math. She. proud of that, right? Yeah, of course. I'm sure. So, okay. So Ted and Ginger, okay. And then we talked a little bit about the other things, right? You can't wear color. You got to go home early. Um, They
1: have a winter brunch now instead of, I imagine, like the winter formal. Right. Don't you think it's weird that students aren't allowed to drive, especially when we see Cordelia leave school? You think school ends at like 2.45 or 2.15 or something when you're in high school? The sun is like already; it's starting probably, to go down. Yeah, and then it's dark like ten minutes later while she's walking home.
2: Right. I mean, I think it's probably like linked. It's probably rooted in in a having control over where they are, and so if they have to get on a bus, ah. then you sort of know where they are. Whereas you know, you know a teen, you know a teenager in a car. You just, what are you going to do? Whew. I'll tell you what I was going to do. I do know. Not go to school. It yeah, that's sure, what of I course. was going to do. So, um, right. And, and then there's a memorial, a monthly, a monthly weekly, memorial. A monthly memorial. There's also, she's like,
1: Willow and Xander are like, they suck, right? And um, uh, everyone's like, oh, they're dead. They're dead. Cordelia. Yeah. Uh, they're dead. I do
2: like that all of the death and mayhem has not affected the cordettes in the least. No, they're, they're still just going strong. Cordetting, cordetting yeah. strong. Uh, so, right, so so Cordelia is faced with the harsh reality of uh, a Buffyless universe, and she's not quite there yet. She's panicked, she's starting to panic, she's like, this isn't exactly what I was expecting. Xander and Willow being dead is troubling, but then she's walking home. And, and she runs who? into Xander. She sure does, and she's oh, like, gosh. but you were supposed to be dead, and she's pissed because the first thing she sees is Willow and Xander... Canoodling. Obviously, canoodling. They're obviously still together. Canoodling,
1: that's first base, right? Can- canoodling is
2: first base, yes. Thank you. <laughs> I want you to know that the text I sent to Gabby about the bases uh, said, I'm going to read you my text to Gabby. Important question for our podcast, are these still the bases? First, kissing. Second, boobing. Third, finger banging. Fourth, doing it. So wow. I was pretty proud of second base being boobing, <laughs> and I just <laughs> yeah. wanted everyone to give me credit where credit was due. Okay.
1: Great great.
2: So we, here we have Xander and Willow. And what are they, Jenny? What are they? They're vampires. They are fucking vampires. Xander's a vampire. He makes a good vampire. I think he makes a better vampire than a human. I agree. And do you know who makes a fucking great vampire? Will that be Willow, I would say. Willow Rosenberg. Holy shit. Here comes shit. It's another Willow jingle. Uh, Willow has many layers. Willow has many layers. And Vampire Willow, well, you know, I I think we all have a lot of feelings about her. As a matter of fact, speaking of Vampire Willow and feelings about Vampire Willow, shall we go to Kate Leth? It's time for our friend Kate
4: to give you the Buffy Fashion Update welcome back to buffy fashion watch where all of my fashion wishes have been granted this episode has so much to give and the real question is are we worthy we have cordelia in some of her best outfits of the season if not the entire show i'm talking blood red faux snake skin cut into a pencil skirt slit up to the heavens with a matching jacket miracles i'm talking a baby blue silk wiggle dress and a crocheted cardigan to school sure I'm talking a sequined bodycon dress with crimped hair and eyeshadow to rival even Faith. Not only that, but we get both Butch, Buffy, and Vampire Willow. If this episode didn't make me gay, I honestly don't know what did. Where do I even start with Vampire Willow? Her jaw-dropping stockroom custom-made corseted top? her flared burgundy Stevie Nicks sleeves, her clamshell boob emphasizers, her leather pants and chock block chunky platform boots, and the fact that even though it's super hot and built to make her look like a total dominatrix, she still looks kind of a little bit uncomfortable and maybe that's even cute? I don't know. Not to mention the makeup and the fact that she tortures Angel with matches. It's just a lot. Of course, we have to put up with Xander trying to be cool and taking up a role that could have so deliciously been given to anyone else, even Harmony. But I'll take what I can get. Who could stop her but Butch Buffy in her tank top, her gratuitous lip scar, her Furiosa eyeliner, and her unfortunate cargo pants? Pair all this with the fact that there are no less than five sweater sets and or sweaters draped over shoulders for warmth because, you know, winter in California. And this might be the best episode for fashion of season three. And no, it's a bold statement. We have a lot of faith. We have a lot of pleather. We had homecoming. But it's so good. Everyone is bringing it. Willow even wears a shirt that says mermaids with overalls in the opening segment. And it is adorable beyond belief. On top of everything, and it is a lot of everything, we get Anya. Anya, who can tell Prada from Payless. She is so perfect, and I'm so excited. And I just can't wait for everything that she is and brings to the show. Like, are you kidding me, guys? The show, it's very good, is the thing. The thing is that it's very good. And Giles wears a really cozy sweater. I just want to hug him. (sighs) Until next time, I'll see you at the mall. That was our friend Kate.
1: She gave you the Buffy fashion update. Okay, so we'll just be FedExing a spray bottle <laughs> over to Kate's house.
2: Kate is really, really making a, an impression over the last few episodes. Uh, brand strong. Brand is very strong. You know,
1: also Kate raises a great point like about Cordelia's leather skirt thing. Mm -hmm. We see that it's slit very high, but I don't think we ever get confirmation that it actually reconnects to itself. I think she might just have a sheet of leather duct (laughs) tape Pinned at the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Cordelia
2: would ever use duct tape.
1: I, You know what? You say that, but she's a resourceful, practical, sensible, strong woman. That's true. She did use a spatula. I bet she could like put in like anchors into drywall. Wow. Like I, I think she knows how to do stuff talk about fan fiction uh nothing (laughs) are you
2: writing an erotic novel maybe Cordelia and anchors (laughs) Uh, okay I want everyone to know that uh Gabby Dunn texted back while Kate Leth was giving her fashion watch in record time I mean I don't even you can time it yourselves but it was quick um Gabby Dunn responded ha 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 they haven't changed I don't think also that's very straight right The the bases, (laughs) Yeah. To which I responded, I don't know. I mean, you can certainly do plenty of boobing and banging regardless of gender. So. Sure. I think that there's, you know, I think that there's, I think that the bases can be queered. Well, I've been queering them. For, for a your whole good life. solid twenty years. Exactly. So. Exactly. So uh, you you heard it here, Gabby Dunn, famous millennial, reports in that according to her knowledge, the bases are the same. The bases are always going to be the same. I'm sorry. The
1: bases. I'm having a personal revelation that I've been making out with people for over twenty years. <laughs> That's is it, crazy. Is <laughs> wow. That is really it's okay. Something. Sorry. It's Back something. to the
2: show. Wow. Okay. <laughs> back to the show so we get we have amp willow as we heard from kate right, 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 right. Oh, we're here and it's happening and what does she say what does she say jenny well, she says
1: that she's bored now she says obviously bored
2: now can we get a little sound clip of that beautiful moment
1: bored now
2: I'll tell you who's not bored now. It's me, Kristen. It's Kate Leth that's not bored now. Jenny and Young's (laughs) definitely not bored. You know what my next note is? Allison Hannigan is really good at licking things. Wow. This is like this is like a signature move of not just Vamp Willow. We have seen there. Were, I don't remember oh, what yeah, episode. Oh, I remember when she put Xander's ear in her yes, mouth. Yes. She's a she uses her tongue very ver, 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 voraciously. Voraciously. Thank I, you. I
1: this might be worth going back to American Pie, the American oh, Pie series to see. see if she uses her tongue there too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, she's very good at using her tongue. She uses it many times in this episode. She's used it before. She will probably use it again, folks. <laughs> Uh, j- request submitted for a jingle
1: for Willow's tongue. Thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Xander and Willow run Cordelia down, but then you think Cordelia is about to get the bite, but She's a van, not. a mysterious van pulls It's the White Hats. Up. It's the White the Hats. The White Hats. It's so in Larry, this reality, yes. the White Hats are Giles, Oz, Larry, mm-hmm. and Nancy. <laughs> Who's Nancy? Well, Nancy, I'm so glad my that you notes, asked. My
2: notes are: white hats! Exclamation point! Larry! Exclamation point! Giles! Exclamation point! Oz! Exclamation point! Girl! Exclamation point! <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so Nancy, aka Girl, aka Mariah O'Brien, Mariah Waterfall O'Brien. Don't go chasing Mariah Waterfall O'Brien. Is this the actor's name? Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. The character of Nancy is portrayed. By Mariah Waterfall O'Brien, uh-huh. possessor of the perhaps the greatest name of all time, perhaps indeed, um, who has been in a bunch of stuff like Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, and Gas Food and Lodging. But uh the what hell is Gas Food and Lodging? Her film debut. Did you just it's read a drama. that as though we yeah. were all supposed <laughs> to know what Gas yeah, Food? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Lodging she was, was also married to Giovanni Rabisi from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand one. And my favorite thing about Mariah Waterfall O'Brien after her name is that she appears on the cover of the 1992 Alice in Chains album, Dirt. Incredible. What a resume. Huh?
2: Really? What a resume. Who would have ever thought? I bet you even Mariah Waterfall O'Brien didn't know that here in 2017, we would be sitting in our basement studio. I'm confident she didn't talking know. Talking of her resume uh, and calling her more than just girl, exclamation point. Yeah, into it. So right, so whatever. There's like this really quick moment in the library, and then we go to the bronze, which I've written down is the Quagmire from San Junipero. I mean, if you've Ah, seen the Black Mirror episode San Junipero, if you haven't seen the episode San Junipero of Black Mirror, get out of. Get out of here. Go. What are you doing? Shoot. Go watch it right now. Come back. The podcast will be here. Jesus. But you have. So I'm confident you have. And you'll remember the quagmire as the like dark club. And that is. Yeah. They they pulled a couple notes, I think, from the bronze here. They always play metal in the evil clubs. They always play, yeah. Uh, dance metal is what Jenny called it. Yeah, well, it's it's very fast, but then it's also very, you know? yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sniffs> <Mm-tsrints> anyway, it's good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think that the bronze is hopping. It's doing great.
1: It's they're not... doing better.
2: Receipts are higher
1: than ever. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Their sales are are wonderful. Uh, they're I'm sure trafficking in many blood cocktails these days over at the bronze. But my next note is in all caps, Jenny. Do you know what it is? I don't. No, not fruit punch, ma. <laughs>
1: Fruit punch mouth, Kristen. Fruit punch mouth, Kristen shrieked in horror as we were watching this, and oh. was like the only thing worse than fruit punch mouth. Every time I think I'm safe, oh my god! Do you want to know? Do you want <laughs> yeah. me
2: to tell everybody what Please. the only? I'll tell you all. The only thing worse than fruit punch mouth is fucking fruit punch mouth picking up an espresso, a tiny espresso mug, with his long, <laughs> spindly nails, and then pulling a tiny espresso mug up to his. <laughs> fucking fruit punch mouth and drinking out of it i have never this is
1: this should have come with a trigger warning Uh, i'm pissed (laughs) this is the funniest thing that has happened to me in some time (laughs) thank you Kristen. you're welcome uh then i have vamp willow with a bunch
2: of exclamation points because i guess i got excited all over again about vamp
1: willow here yeah 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 because she's just like She's you know, doing it, swaying she's, hither and thither. Oh, she's really. I think she.
2: I think her face changes for the first time here. Yes, that's yes, what happens. that's what we see. And she sure. looks great. She looks great in vamp face. Willow
1: and Xander both look really great in vamp face. Yeah. I'm. I feel like they also look kind of like different like they look newer or something like they look more developed than i feel like we've seen right maybe they were so you know
2: maybe the makeup team was like well let's take it up a notch for these two Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. um i like the uh the
2: master though i don't want to give him anything and except for fucking a wipe for his mouth (laughs) is uh, (laughs) just clean it clean it But I will give him credit for um, this line where he says to them, like, you know, either fucking figure this shit out or I'll see you two kissing daylight.
1: Yeah, what a great – Kissing day daylight. That's, right? Sick. Maybe that's the title of your next album, Jenny. Kissing kissing daylight. daylight not kissing uh, toast, for example. So,
2: <laughs> so we go back to the library, Giles and Cordy. Together again, <laughs> and Cordelia is fa- Cordelia is just keeping the title of badass in this episode because normally I feel like in a scene like this, you know, it's like Cordelia would be like, but Giles and Giles would interrupt her and like, right, 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 she, right. You don't. She's like, no, 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 no. Shut She's up. She's like, shut the fuck up. Buffy I have is shit. supposed to be You're here.
1: Right. I. Have stumbled into this and, like, reality. She dies
2: just moments later, which is what I think takes it even
1: higher a bad. Like she fucking got that shit out in the like one minute. She yeah, had which so rarely happens. And also is like, how come you're here and Buffy's not? Your you were her watcher, right? And he's like, I've never told anybody I was a watcher. He's all flummoxed. I love
2: that even in the reality where um, Giles isn't Buffy's watcher, he's still the school librarian, or is he just yeah. in Sunnydale? Well, because- I
1: think he is the librarian. I think he. Was specifically sought the job of the school librarian so that he, he would be installed in Buffy's life before she even got to the school. But then she never shows up? But she well, then he watcher. just keeps his job. You know, and, and the mean, Watchers Council, they need to get their act they together. Had, they're poor communicators, this is. I think. So... Cordelia
2: dies. Cordelia dies. And okay, I have a lot of conflict. Okay. Let's talk through, let's have a sexual tension award conversation. Uh, uh, is this
1: it or just This f- is it. preliminary. No, we're going to oh. discuss
2: it now and we're going to decide who to give it to. Okay? All right. Okay. mentioned already, I always want to give a sexual tension nod to two strong women uh, bashing on the patriarchy together. I feel like there's always a certain energy Mm -hmm. created there that could perhaps lead to uh, sexual activity, uh-huh. thereby smashing wow. the patriarchy even further. Jenny. Yes. So I'm going to throw Anya and Cordelia in the ring. Yeah, they can't be that far away from that utility closet. <laughs> Precisely. Willow would be hurt, I think. Mm. But speaking of Willow, so there's two Thrupples in this episode, but <laughs> I have pause about awarding them. So the when we had the Thrupple when the Angel Spike Drew Thrupple was awarded their... Award, they got the biggest award of all. They got, they, they took the <laughs> queen, <laughs> they took the, it all, they took it all with their throupleness, but they were kind of all like consenting, they were all into it, or so, oh, right? Or so we imagined, you right, know. And right, that's right. where my question lies because right. we, are we awarding it on what we would like to imagine, or are we awarding it with what exists within the show? I think we're awarding it with what we'd like to imagine, okay? Okay, okay, and, and in that vein, I posit the two troupples in also in competition. We have Cordy, Xander and Willow. Yes. Right? Yes. In this scene that we were just about to to uh-huh. go into. And we also then later have willow angel and xander we've already seen sexual tension between cordelia and willow we know it's there they've had the utility closet we've already seen (laughs) sexual tension between xander and angel at the hospital yeah xander brought in flowers (laughs) so we know that pre-existing sexual tension exists between certain characters and i'm just saying that if it were up to me in my mind I would give it to Cordelia, Willow, and Xander, but because I don't know if I am positing something problematic, I'm I'm opening it up to discussion. Jenny, I don't know. Would do you do you have any th- thoughts? Well, there's you never
1: been any anyone more qualified to confidently lead a conversation <laughs> about what is appropriate or not appropriate. Uh, what might be triggering Uh or offensive. Yes, yes, yes. I'm definitely the person you want. You are.
2: You're very good at speaking of complicated manner, Ah! uh,
1: complicated issues. Well,
2: so uh, so I'm struggling is what I'm saying. Yeah. So so should we err err on the side of caution in these troubled times and Mm. give it to a a brilliant pair, Anya and Cordelia? Or should we say, you know what, this is about about fantasy that exists outside of the, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to, without any guidance from my co-host... Thank God. Sam, do you have any opinions on this? Sam's just sleeping next to me. No one is here to help me. I am going to award it to Anya and Cordelia, but I want everyone to know that in my heart of hearts, in my fantasy world, I would have given it to the thruple of Cordelia Willow and Xander. That's your fanfic. That's my fanfic. So I will hold that... I will have that as mine, as sure. my personal, my personal thing that I will take away. Wow! But you all, with together as a group, we will uh, come together and award it to Cordelia. And Anya, congratulations. Anya, first episode, right out the gates, grabbing a sexual tension award. Proud of you. Pretty exciting. Proud of you. And you too, you go make out in that closet and you keep on smashing the patriarchy. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you very much.
1: Speaking of sexual tension awards, as you may remember, last season, our listener, Emily, made a sexual tension award bracket for season two, where we were all able to vote on our favorite Sexual Attention Award winners across season two and narrowed it all the way down to the season two Sexual Attention Award winner, which was, of course, the vampire throuple of Drusilla, Spike, and Angel. Yes, yes, it was. And we will, of course, be doing this for season three
2: once we get to the end of it. But we didn't do that for season one. And we want to make sure that when we get to the end of season seven, we are able to have the biggest showdown for sexual attention (laughs) in this series that has ever been recorded in history. Wow. Uh, So, Now that we're, you know, a few episodes in, we're going to go back to season one and we're going to do this bracket for season one. So for those of you who are just joining us, you haven't listened to season one, you just jump right in. What are you doing? First of all, you could go Mm. back to the beginning, listen to all of them. But for those of you who are with us in season one, you will know, you will remember, you will know that in this bracket that goes live today, we will have against each other things like Buffy and Cordelia. Cordelia and Cordelia. Win, Luke. win, win, win. win. Luke, I know. Cordelia and Cordelia. Like we're pretty, we're placing bets. Xander and Blaine? Hey, yeah. teach us What's up? There's so many. There's a hyena five way. Listen, <laughs> you just we made a bitly. Uh Emily has created this entire thing. All of the images, everything. It's surrounded they're it huge, all hilarious. they you so much, Emily. Thank you so so much, Emily. You were making this just such a joyous thing. So what you need to do to participate is go to bit.ly, so it's bit.ly forward slash, Buffering S-T-A. So the name of our podcast, Buffering, and then S-T-A for Sexual Tension Award, all lowercase. That's going to take you to the quiz. You can fill it out. Now, there's going to be many rounds of voting. So we suggest if you're not a patron, because patrons will get emails about this. But if you're not a patron, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, all of those places. We will let you know when the next round of voting goes up.
1: Yes. And by
2: the time we get to our next episode, which is November 29th, we will crown the Sexual Attention Award winner for season <laughs> one, okay? I don't know
1: why we're even bothering with all this ceremony. It's clearly Cordelia Hey, Squared. don't influence the voting, Jenny. <laughs> so now that we've got that out of the way, I just want to acknowledge that after uh, Xander and Willow finish killing Cordelia, mm-hmm. they drop her to the floor and she makes exactly no noise. Right. No noise. Right. And then immediately after that, Willow throws the key to the cage that Giles is locked in on the floor and it loudly clatters. Uh, Who's the sound person on this episode? Well, what I'm wondering is, is Cordelia so perfect (laughs) that she somehow just fluttered to the floor like a beautiful dead feather? If Cordelia falls in a library
2: and no one is there to hear it. Right, but- People were there and we were watching. Right. This I thought you were gonna say, flawed. like, is it is this some kind of like play on the fact that she's not in that reality? Or oh. like I thought you were gonna be thinking big thoughts, no. but you nope. were just like, is Cordelia a butterfly? That's uh, my deal. Which is great. Um so and and now tying to, so right, Giles is in the cage, Cordelia dies, Cord, uh, Giles sees the amulet on yes. Cordelia, in, snags it off of her before Larry and Oz take her to the incinerator. I was glad that Giles took the necklace off so gently. I don't know why, but when he went for it, I thought he was just going to like rip it off of her neck. I don't know uh-huh. why that, that that's like what, I think just because the world is horrible here. Yes, the world and is I horrible. And I just, I never know what to trust. We learn in the following phone call that Cleveland... Cleveland is also a Hellmouth. Cleveland is... Well, there's a lot of demonic activity. There's a lot of demonic activity. Right. Right. Cleveland is what they say. I I remember tweeting a while back that um, LaGuardia Airport was uh, second in line for Hellmouth. And a lot of you tweeted back, like, what about Cleveland? What about Cleveland? And I was confused. Because I've only seen the series once, I forgot, and now I'm reminded, and this is why everyone... You just love those people I was just tweet. like, man,
1: everyone hates Cleveland? What? No, okay. I get it. I love listening to Giles on the phone uh, saying, like, Sunnydale is on a hellmouth, and then indignantly uh, responding, <laughs> it is so! Right,
3: right. <laughs> so... Um.
1: Willow's reward for killing Cordelia is that she gets to play with the puppy. The the puppy is Angel, and that means it's time for another installment (laughs) of Angel Combustion Watch. (laughs) So one thing Willow likes to do is throw lit matches onto Angel's Oops, exposed chest. Yeah, well, you
2: know what? The most unbelievable thing about this whole episode is that Willow has to unbutton Angel's shirt to-, to... Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Let's be real, everyone.
1: Yeah. That yeah, shirt well, was- he's trying to protect himself, but- but so <laughs> The only way to keep Angel's shirt closed is to threaten him with matches to the chest. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm getting from this whole tossing matches thing is maybe Angel isn't as combustible- as we thought, he's not just a, a bundle of old dried out straw waiting to go up in flames mm-hmm, as we had previously mm-hmm. thought. So maybe it's not so unsafe for him to be tossing logs on right. fire. Right, it seems like much fire would be needed. Yeah, it feels like, it just kind of feels like there's some inconsistency going on in terms of vampires and, and fire.
2: It's also interesting to me that Angel, that we learn, I guess, that vampires scar from being burned. At least in this reality, At they do. At least in this reality, because then you'd think that vampires would have some scars, from being yeah. burned. I mean, the guy's been around for hundreds of years. Yeah. Right? And a couple of burn scars, even a cigarette ember. I mean, I have I've dropped a cigarette ember on myself many a time, I'll tell you what. And it hurts. So I'm sure that, you know, Spike would have. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's so always smoking. Oh, yeah. He's
1: always smoking. Yeah. He's always got to light a cigarette. All right. There's a lot to think about here. Okay.
2: okay. Moving along. The puppy. The puppy. Uh, I wish we could call Angel the puppy forever. Um, we can. That's There's true. No stopping us. Willow's gonna make you bark. Nah. Okay. Uh, my note, I know we already gave the award, but my note in my in my notes is, oh no, another thruple. And Xander's <laughs> quote, I just want to watch. Mm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you you made, Jenny's response was precisely it. She made a face that was kind of into it, it, it and a noise that was kind of grossed out. It was like you were right on the edge. You were <laughs> yeah. like, do I hate it or do I? It's I don't know. It's
1: complicated. It is complicated. It is complicated. So Giles finds the symbol of Anyanka in one of his books. And realizes that he has more research to do. Giles still drives that car in this reality. Yes, I had that note too. Good to know
2: in this reality this the Citrione, the Citron. The, the thing will never remember how to no, say No, it's not even remember. We have conflicting people emailing us, telling mm. us to pronounce it all different ways. So uh, people
1: are like, I'm from France, and you say it that I don't right, right, I don't right, right. know who to trust anymore. So <laughs> we see vampires herding humans like cattle into yes. a little wagon. I wanna make a note that
2: Giles says, I tried calling her. And I think we all know that Buffy specifically said that when the apocalypse comes, to beep her. To beep her. Thank obviously. you. Obviously, She did
1: not say call me. Maybe. maybe there are no beepers in this reality.
2: No, but you know what? You're having too much fun with this reality. You're just taking things out yeah. willy-nilly.
1: Wait, what's really peculiar is I feel like Giles literally just called Cleveland. Yes. And she's already there. She's there. There's so maybe there's teleportation here. in this reality, too.
2: <laughs> Uh, Buffy is rocking a sweet lip scar in this Looks reality. A long great. braid. I like. Looks it. great. I like it. Yes, it's good. It's all good. I thought we were getting another Giles knockout. I wrote knockout number thirteen, and then I crossed it out. Nope. He yep, didn't. No, he, he just was not went down. Uh, okay, so then we're we're in Giles' apartment. Yeah. And this is another very important conversation. Um, I I have to believe in a better world, right? Uh-huh. This is Giles' stance. Yes. Buffy's stance is, I have to live in this one. I don't, Like, she She has no belief in anything, Ugh, bigger or better. So dark. It's so dark. In this reality, Buffy is the, the opposite of Buffy, right? I mean, the whole reason that Buffy is able to overcome, to win, is because she does have belief in the fact that evil can be overcome, that she can fight, that she can win. Well, I also, mean, she, she believes th- that she can fight and she can win, But she believes that this is the best that the world can be.
1: And she also, what she has in reality A is family and friends and a watcher. Like she has a strong support group, which is uh, repeatedly highlighted Mm -hmm. as a uh, anomaly in terms of. Slayers throughout history. Right, and
2: the reason that she cheats death, and we'll get, you know, we'll get to this fight scene in the factory and talk about this a little bit more, but it's the reason that she escapes some moments that she would not have escaped otherwise. Right, right, like just at the beginning of the episode. Right, precisely. With, uh, what's his face? Cthulhu. No, what's my guy's name? Zoidberg. Zoidberg! With Zoidberg. Uh, so, also, a little note uh, that happens in this scene between Giles and Buffy that I like is when... Giles is like, Cordelia said she knew you. And Buffy says, probably just a big fan. <laughs>
1: Which I love. In this reality, like, the public knows about Buffy's work. And oh, like, I thought she, she was just being sarcastic. Oh, no, I liked the, but re- also I liked the
2: idea that, like, there was a Buffy fan club, but it was in Sunnydale. Like, it was in the world, and it sure. was for Buffy in
1: Cleveland. Into it. So Buffy goes to the factory. Uh, yeah, once she finds the, out that the there's a boss vamp. Uh, in this town and nobody has killed him, she's like, I'll just take care of that for you while I'm here. Yes, but because she, that's all I'm good
2: at. But she first locks eyes with Angel who says, Oh my that god, Buffy was Buffy. my destiny. Just <laughs> Angel is dramatic in every reality, far yeah, and yeah, wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows no other way to be. And thank God somebody burned his chest so that his shirt could be, oops, open <laughs> oh, in this Jesus. scene. <laughs> his shirt's still fucking unbuttoned. Um, and Angel in this reality has waited for Buffy. He knows he's supposed to help her, but she never came. Yeah, just
1: like Giles, working
2: at the library. Right. Just wait. Everybody's waiting for the slayer that never arrived. Uh, and then we
1: go to the factory. Okay. Yes. This is a huge problem for me. Mm. Huge problem for me. Why? Uh, Because the master is like, welcome to a brave new world. Industrialization. Too long have we been bound to the routine of the predator. Blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, let me show you how this works. Right. Okay. So, Whitney goes on the belt, slides down after being cattle prodded and immobilized, and... A bunch of uh, like really thick needles pop yeah, up. Yeah, enter Reminds her body. of the
2: glove of Minagon.
1: Yes, it's like a body glove. Yes, exactly. Enter her body wherever. Right. Definitely piercing organs. Right, they go into her middle. Right, but all they pull out is blood mm-hmm. somehow. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's drained. And then they have it like on tap or whatever. Yes. Now here's the thing. Yes. Consider the hours. Uh, the the hours of labor. Mm -hmm. Uh, The hours of engineering Mm -hmm. that go into designing and constructing this uh, system, this process, right? Uh, And and the upkeep and the labor of rounding people up and then putting them on this thing and then having blood on tap. And then also, like, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't yield more for the vampires. And it robs them. Of their natural of fulfilling their natural instinct by hunting and killing, which so for predators seems pretty important. Well, this is interesting, Jenny, because you know, I bet you that hundreds of years ago,
2: uh, there were two girls making a podcast. Sure, at the start of the Industrial Revolution. Sure, and they were saying, "Why in God's name it is in our it is in our instincts to go out to pick fruit from the trees uh-huh. to to uh, get small fowl uh, and kill them with our hands or instruments that we've created?" And this is people would people wouldn't be happy anymore if they just purchased boxes of food Ooh, listen. From the, they just
1: wouldn't i'm just saying i, I get want what to you're find saying, that podcast i get what you're saying exists. sure but <laughs> this is definitely a long way around situation but they
2: don't ignore it That's addressed directly by the master he says there's a whole faction of vampires you amongst their ranks who That's say right. this is fucked up that death is our art that this Hell is what yeah. we do. I'm I am on that side too. I I mean I agree. I li- I do like buying a, a prepackaged box of pasta. I will say, but I mm. but I agree with the mentality that mass production is certainly tied into like the death of a species, <laughs> and <laughs> <Whee>! <laughs> and uh, that probably is not a good thing for vampires or humans alike. I also love the quote from. Uh, the master, he has a couple good moments. Uh, the uh, here because there's another quote where he says, Uh, humans with their plebeian minds have brought us a demonic concept. Jesus, that's <laughs> good, it's really good. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think that this is no good. I also think that we're seeing, you know, you mentioned like upkeep and like hurting all the people. We're seeing like the first, this is the very first time it's happened. So, I don't think that they have like all of the kinks worked out of the system,
1: right? That fine, I'm, I'm sure I'm just like, it's not good. No, it's not good for sure. It's not good. I'm not buying stock in this company no so there's a lot of mm,
2: uh, this episode really had a lot of like 2017 in it for me you know like 2017 has been a rough fucking year guys (laughs) we're rolling around into 2018 and 2017 has been rough it started about a year ago almost to the day with fucking some (laughs) bullshit that brought us into a pile of just stinking bullshit that we're still sitting in and this episode this episode like highlights that because we're about to get into this scene, this beautiful, beautiful scene, I think, Mm -hmm. that happens, right? I know you're upset about the mass production. So am I. I'm, I'm upset about it in the world and I'm upset about it in Sunnydale. Okay. I don't like it for vampires or people. But then the thing that we touched on where Buffy has no belief in a better world is, it's sort of like why this podcast is what it is right now is because Buffy does have a belief in a better world, does have a belief that we can fight evil, mm-hmm. and, and does believe that there's more than just this. And so watching this episode was very moving to me, this scene in particular. Because they lay out what it could look like if we didn't believe that there was something better. You know, there's still a fight. There's still a battle happening here. But it's so tragically sad. We see Oz kill Willow. We see Mm. Buffy kill Xander. And we see the Master... Kill Buffy. Yes. Right? Which is which which is to take us back. Oh, I have the chills. Because this takes us back to the end of season one. Right. Which is fucking where we were when the fucking election happened. Oh my God. Wow, guys. Sorry, I'm having a moment live. You really are. <laughs> this unfiltered realization happening <laughs> right here. I'm gonna cry. But like at the end of season one, she did die, just like she dies here. But she had her fucking friends, and she had her community, and she yeah. had everybody around her, and they were like, fucking, you can do this, and we're here with you, and we're going to stand with you, and we're going to fight with you, and fuck this shit. And, they, and they're and they fighting, and they're winning. Yes. And in this reality, she doesn't have that. She doesn't have her friends. She doesn't rely on it. She doesn't have the belief in it, and she, she doesn't survive. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thankful for all of you. I'm thankful that we have each other. I'm thankful that we continue to help each other remember that we need to keep fighting and we need to keep believing in a better world. Thank you very
1: much for listening. Shall we talk about the amulet? Let's do that. Great. So while we're seeing that beautiful scene that uh, you were just describing, Mm. it's intercut with these uh, little bits of Anya, Anyanka and Giles Mm -hmm. uh, talking to each other. Anyanka has been summoned forth by Giles. She's not used to being summoned by a She's She is not thrilled. She puts (laughs) him in a chokehold. It's really intense. And he's like, I'm not afraid of you. And I need to like get back to the better world. And she's like, you're a trusting fool. How do you know that world is any better than this one? And he says, because it has to be. Ugh,
2: Giles. Because it has to be. Because it has to be. Ugh, Giles. Always getting me. He smashes her amulet. He smashes it. He sure does. And zap. They go back to the moment when (laughs) Anya and Cordelia were standing in the courtyard the moment that it all
1: began at school. And And she's all, done. Done. But nothing happens. And then Cordelia's like, hmm, I wish this other thing. And she's like, done. (laughs) Nothing happens. And they keep going like that for a bit. And then... Uh, we pan over to the Scoobies laughing while a 90s rock and roll band uh, plays joyful sounding music yeah. and we have a good uh, feel. They try to like make everybody feel better after 45 minutes of pure sadness. <laughs> right, <laughs> but it, I
2: mean, it works. It's like it, we all got the reminder we needed, including Cordelia, that it's very important that Buffy is in Sunnydale. Hell yes. And as many of the horrible things that do happen to the Scoobies as they fight it nothing is as nothing even can come close to as horrible as it would be without buffy and without hope Um, Mm. which is what they all need. And so a great episode. Beautiful, Marty Noxon, David Greenwald. Great job, guys. Great job.
1: Fantastic job. Finally, the validation you've both been seeking from us. (laughs) Yes. I'm sure your careers feel more complete now that we have proved your work.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yes. Just a a really good episode. Very excited about uh, Emma Caulfield's work in this episode. Hooray, Emma Caulfield. You know, maybe we'll see you again. Maybe we'll see you again, Emma. Maybe we'll see you again, Anya. Yes. Only time can tell. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Quite. So I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not making this podcast with Kristen, I'm making songs. You can hear some of them over at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering. And you can always give me a holler on Twitter, at Jenny Owen Youngs. You can, and you can give me a holler on Twitter
2: at Kristen Nolene. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can also learn about the work that I do with LGBTQ communities, their families, over
1: at KristenNolene.com. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. And you can always email us at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. Now accepting your scorned stories. Scorned!
2: For for future Anyanka watches (laughs) on this very podcast. You can support our work by, of course, going over to iTunes and rating and reviewing our podcast. Please. Yeah, it helps other people find us. You can also become... A patron of ours, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on Patreon. We said at the top a lot of really fun things that are happening, but just a reminder there is a holiday gift exchange happening for all of our patrons. If you sign up by the 26th of November, uh, up at the top of the podcast, we tell you how to do that, but you'll also see it in the secret Facebook group and the events page. We have a Buffy watch on December 9th for our patrons. We also have a mailbag episode that is pretty fun coming out next week. And of course, tis the season we have new merch. We have so much new merch in a new store. You go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com, click on shop, you will see all your old favorites like the beautiful enamel pins designed by Christine Tuna and Kaitla. Yes. You'll see new things like a new Smash the Demon Lizard patriarchy design for you goth kids out there. Yes. As well as the old Smash the Demon Lizard patriarchy <laughs> design which is beloved by so many now in a hoodie, in a t-shirt, in a baby onesie, in a tank top. Unstoppable. Just... Smashing the patriarchy all over the place, not to mention the brand new board Meow t-shirt. Yay. Coinciding with this very special episode with Vamp Willow, designed by Diana Kresge. We don't know if we're saying your last name right. Diana, we're going to email you tomorrow and find out. We'll correct ourselves <laughs> if we're not doing it right. You can find all of that again, bufferingthevampireslayer.com and shop
1: and hey listen don't forget to if you want to exercise your right to vote in this democracy for the season 1 sexual tension award bracket that emily created for us all to enjoy you can find that by going to bitly/bufferingsta that's bit.ly/buffering our podcast S-T-A, which stands for Sexual Attention Award. It does. It does. There'll be many rounds of
2: voting, so you probably also want to follow us on social so that you not only get to participate in this first round, but in all of the rounds until we crown a winner. Vote wisely. <laughs> so we will crown that winner on our next episode for the public, which is November 29th when we come back with amends. And guess who is going to be our guest on that episode? Her Hans. name rhymes with Mabby Duns.
1: What? I know,
2: I didn't. It was, her name rhymes with labby funds.
1: Nice. <laughs> I like that you're consistently putting the S on the end for reasons <laughs> no one can be certain of. Her name is Gabby Dunn, and she's
2: going to be talking to us about Angel and all his glory is in she- the episode that is Amends. Uh, You also may want to, we're doing something special on Saturday, okay? We're not even going to tell you what it is. It's going to become a special episode in December. Mm -hmm. But we are making the special episode traveling, traveling a couple of hours even to a place. I don't even know where it is. You won't know until Saturday. We won't know. Until, just kidding. We know where we're going. <laughs> but if you want to follow us, we'll be putting some little clips of this special, special trip up on our social. So Jenny told you how to follow at Buffering Cast this Saturday, the 18th. We will be doing some really fun stuff. I'm just saying. You'll get the full episode in December. But if you want to see some behind the scenes, fun stuff, come and follow us. Yes. All right. I think we've done all that we need to do here, Jenny.
1: God, I hope Except so. for one thing. Till next time. Awoo! Vamp Willow and Anya.
0: Up in the cemetery every evening I've been slaying some vampires in Cleveland Yeah, shout if you feel how I'm feeling Just a vampire slayer in Cleveland Vampire slayer Never had much to bur leaving no friends and no family in Cleveland. Just a whole lot of death, I've been dealing to the vampires living in Cleveland. Vampires sailing, Cleveland. When I go out on patrol, I'm the loneliest girl in Ohio. West Bell Hellmouth is seething in the slumbering dark heart of Cleveland. All manner of evil come creeping to the vampire slayer in Cleveland. Vampire slayer in Cleveland. Oh. My whole life's one long patrol. Oh. Every single night I have to go check the grog shop and Great Lakes Brewing, Tommy's on Coventry. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the shores of Lake Erie. And don't forget the Labyrinth of Cleveland's Back Alley. I never dream about leaving, cause my calling has bound me to Cleveland. For the rest of the days that I'm breathing, I'll be a vampire slayer in Cleveland. Vampire slayer in Cleveland. Vampire slayer in Cleveland. Vampire slayer in Cleveland. Vampire slayer Vampire in Cleveland. Vampire